Hagelin, president of Minnesota Hospice, and your host for today's program. I am joined today by two colleagues that I have had the privilege and honor of working with for several years. They are Reverend Debbie Meckley, chaplain and spiritual care advisor, and medical social worker Heidi Simon, licensed generalist social worker with a master's degree in social work. Thank you both for being here and sharing your expertise and experiences on today's program. We're always happy to be here. Yes, honored, Ken. Boy, Thank you. I, I tell you, I appreciate you guys being here, too. Well, we are excited for the opportunity to continue our weekly conversations about end-of-life health care. We believe hospice is one of the most important specialties of the health care continuum, but also one of the most misunderstood and unfamiliar health care options available to people as they approach end-of-life. Minnesota Hospice is a medical practice specializing in guiding patients and families at end of life. Our organization was founded by local physicians with a mission to create the gold standard in end of life care. We believe in the golden rule of serving others as we would like to be served. This principle drives our commitment to be an advocate for our patients and to provide comprehensive personalized care to both our patients and their families. Our office is located in Lakeville, Minnesota, and our agency has been serving local communities for 10 years. We currently provide outpatient hospice services in the Twin Cities South Metro area and Southern Minnesota communities. One of our missions at Minnesota Hospice is to increase the public's awareness of the benefits of hospice by providing information and education for our communities to empower patients and families to make informed decisions regarding their end-of-life health care options. In addition, we are dedicated to providing comfort and compassion through extraordinary care, along with hope and inspiration through encouragement and innovative services. You can always reach us at our office by calling 612-930-3339 by email at radio at mnhospice.com or online at minnesotahospice.com. Last week, we finished our two-part series on the topic of grief and the holidays. The first show of the series was titled Shifting Traditions, and we discussed ways to cope, heal, and honor those who have passed. The second show of the series was titled Feeling Grief Before Your Loss where we discuss the importance and benefits of having authentic and courageous conversations with our loved ones facing end of life. Both Debbie and Heidi shared insights for our listeners on how and why we should consider moving through this experience with honesty and openness. Today, our show is titled Living Wishes, Hospice Stories of Hope. We will discuss the benefits of asking our loved ones about their end-of-life wishes and share stories of last wishes that we've been a part of. However, before we begin exploring today's topic, I would like to update you on some significant events occurring in the field of hospice and palliative care coming up in the new year. First is a big event coming up in April. My friend Susan Marshak, who is the Executive Director for the Minnesota Network of Hospice and Palliative Care, just announced an exciting event to kick off the 28th annual Minnesota Hospice and Palliative Care Conference in April. She is welcoming Dr. Ira Bayak for a special evening on Monday, April 9th at the Doubletree Hotel in Bloomington, located on the corner northwest corner of 494 and Highway 100. Susan is expecting nearly 1,000 attendees at this two-day conference. This is the largest state conference on hospice and palliative care in the nation. People from around the country attend our event every year. For those unfamiliar with Dr. Bayak, he is the preeminent voice of hospice and palliative care today. His career as a practicing physician and leader in the hospice and palliative care community has spanned three decades. He is best known, though, as the author in transformative books such as Dying Well and The Four Things That Matter Most. Dr. Bayak's books are widely considered essential texts for anyone providing care or counsel to others facing serious illness or end of life. 
and they're also an insightful and inspiring read for everyone. Dr. Bayak's mission of providing whole-person care and his dream of making the end-of-life journey meaningful for both patient and family is more relevant today than ever before. You will be enlightened and inspired hearing about his experiences and stories in caring for patients and families through serious illness and end-of-life. This is a must-see event for anyone interested in hospice and palliative care. Tickets are now available on the Minnesota Network of Hospice and Palliative Care website. This event will sell out, so if you are interested in attending, please consider registering soon. Another special event planned for 2018 with the Minnesota Network of Hospice and Palliative Care Organization is a collaboration with playwright Syl Jones and Mixed Blood Theater's Jack Ruler in an exciting new project that will bring an original play and community dialogue to stages across Minnesota with the goal of fostering conversations about end-of-life care and choices. Please check out the mnhpc.org website for more information about this special program and project that's being completed this year. Two more events I want to mention quickly before jumping into our main topic today. First, the Elder Resource Association is holding their annual South of the River Aging and Wellness Expo in Burnsville, also during the month of April. We will keep you updated on this expo as we get closer to the event. Second, the Minnesota Gerontological Society is holding their annual conference on April 27th at the Earl Brown Heritage Center in Brooklyn Center. Please see their website at mngero.org for more information. My friend Tom Heider, president of the Minnesota Gerontological Society, puts on a great conference there every year. So I would encourage all who are interested in that to uh, look at that as an option. Well, that wraps up the events and happening segment. If you have any questions or comments regarding the information we mentioned previously, please feel free to contact us at 612-930-3339 or email us at radio at mnhospice.com. Well, Reverend Debbie, let's begin today talking about conversations between families and loved ones facing the end of life. And these are not just ordinary conversations, but are really wonderful opportunities to find out what their loved one's last wishes may be. Yeah, you know, um, I think throughout, we're going to be constantly talking about conversations Mm -hmm. throughout um, the Minnesota Hospice show, uh, because that's what needs to happen at end of life. And I think it's worth re-mentioning the conversations that um, can open doors to all kinds of possibilities, but they're also the conversations that we tend to avoid. We tend to avoid talking about death and dying, and the myth that the person who is dying, who doesn't talk about it, just doesn't know what's happening. And that we know that that's not true, um, that we do know what's happening, and um, that they are constantly opening doors, sometimes very subtle, mm-hmm. opening a door to a conversation, um, something like, um, you know, I don't have much time left, or I don't think I'll be around much longer, and our culture kind of teaches us to pacify that and to say something like, no, you've got plenty of time, you're not going anywhere. Right. When, in fact, they opened a door to say, hey, i got to talk. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that you will talk to me and talk with me. And so today we're going to be um, talking about what can happen, the possibilities that can show up when we have these conversations, um, what can happen for families, what can happen for the person that is at end of life, and how they can bring more joy to the family, and how when we get that elephant out of the room, it leaves time for the memories. It leaves us an opportunity to talk about the vacations and to talk about the family reunions and the fishing trips and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those things that brought smiles to our face that we might not talk about. And it also opens a door for uh, some of the things that might be on a bucket list, for um, that person. We all have bucket lists, I believe, but we mm. kind of take them for granted thinking we've got a lot of time right. to follow through with them. 
So um, it's amazing that discussing those those details can have great meaning and create a lot of possibilities for somebody with last wishes. So I am reminded um, of... uh, uh, the book Feelings Buried Alive Never Die by Carol Truman. And that really is um, about moving those up and through us, putting those out in the air, putting them on the table. And um, it changes the way we grieve. We just yeah. had a couple of shows on grief. And we're um, here at the end of the Christmas uh, holiday now. Mm-hmm. And so some new beginnings. And mm-hmm. so for those of you who are facing um, that with your loved one, um, we're going to have an opportunity here to share some wonderful stories. Um, we've been with our families through hundreds of deaths. And every one of those deaths is a story. And every story is important. And we wish we could share all of them, but we only have a chance to share a few of them. So we are going to be uh, talking about those stories today uh, with all of you and letting you know that there are incredible possibilities that can happen when you start the conversation. Oh, that's fantastic. Looking forward to that. And the other side of that, too, is you guys do a great job of preparing the family to have that open and honest conversation because they need to be able to be ready to receive that as well. Absolutely. Anyway, this will be yeah, some great, great conversation coming up here, folks. Um, You are listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. We will be right back with our discussion on living wishes, hospice stories of hope. Seven years old, mama told me, go make yourself some friends or you'll be lonely. Once I was seven years old. Here's why companies, clubs, and organizations just like yours book Freddie Bell for keynote presentations. I've been able to find my way through trying circumstances, and with each seemingly devastating situation, I've come back stronger and better. Why? Because of the techniques that embody courage, enthusiasm, and staying focused on the goal, that dream and that desire. What's your dream? What's holding you back? If you've been struggling to get to the top, if you're searching for unprecedented breakthroughs, if you're looking for the light when the way seems dark, book Freddie Bell today. The way to a successful life is using proven techniques that move you, that help you, and sustain you. It's time to get fired up. It's time to move up and to show up. Freddie provides the keys in your keynote address. Call Freddie Bell now. 888-639-9738. That's 888-639-9738. 38 or visit freddybell.com right now to book your engagement. Seward Co-op invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Shop Seward for your holiday meals. Currently offering local, free-range Ferndale turkeys and vegetarian options, fresh seasonal produce, house-made pies, other assorted baked goods, and locally made gifts at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coop. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Who can defeat Congressman Jason Lewis? It's a question a lot of Democrats are asking these days as the DFL gets ready to start its endorsement process. Angie Craig and Jeff Erdman are the two announced candidates for the DFL endorsement in this 2nd Congressional District. And recently they faced off at their first candidates forum. And you can hear it this Monday at 10 p.m. on AM 950 Radio. That's the CD2 DFL Congressional Candidates Forum Monday at 10 p.m. on AM 950 Radio, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Lowry Hill Meats, your neighborhood full-service butcher shop that works directly with family farms. Using whole animals gives Lowry Hill Meats the benefit of preparing custom cuts and dry aging. They offer beef, lamb, goat, pork, and poultry, including whole duck, roasting hens, turkey, quail, pheasant, and Cornish hens. Their sausages are made fresh in-house weekly using 40 rotating recipes. Try their handcrafted sandwiches. They are second to none. Lowry Hill Meats is located at 1934 Hennepin Avenue in Minneapolis or online at LowryHillMeats.com. Once I was 
seven years old My mama told me Go make yourself some friends Or you'll be lonely Once I was seven years old Welcome back you are listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. Big, big My name is Ken Haglund, and I am joined today by Reverend Debbie Meckley and medical social worker Heidi Simon. Last segment, we began our conversation on living wishes, hospice stories of hope. And let's continue that conversation. And um, Heidi. Hi, Ken. Do you want to talk about um, a story you have that you'd like to share with us? Absolutely. Um, and as Debbie said, uh, we just have so many. And I I really want to just say that I'm going to do my best to just honor the people that I'm talking about because yeah. they bless us by letting us be a part of this experience with them. Um, and so when I think about stories, I think about every single person that has allowed us into their lives at end of life and their families. And I look at every one of them as a teacher. And that is honestly why these stories stay so present and so true to so many of us. Because in each experience, they're teaching us something. And I think about Pete uh, and his wife, Darcy. They were, um, you know, and how I look at them as a young couple. They were in their early 60s. And actually, Pete was our patient. And um, so they had a, a son also. His name was Ryan in his early 20s. And Pete experienced a disease process that was causing his declines to be relatively quick, which meant that he had to leave his job. And, you know, they had they had their life together. They both worked. Their son was off in college, but he was working. And so they were, they were in a, a town nearby the university that he worked in, their son. And one of the things that was part of their routine is they really enjoyed going um, to the hockey games. Every season they had tickets and they went. And it really made their son feel good because he worked in the activities department. So it was just this tradition that they had had. And as um, Pete was declining, that season was upon us. And we admitted him into our care, and we were providing service. And as his declines were happening, it, it started to come to question, you know, this is something that, that he had said, I really wouldn't want to be able to at least go to this particular game. Um, and I watched his family hear that. And I just, I watched how his wife, Darcy, had this way um, you know, because initially she wasn't really sure. She was a little apprehensive because of his comfort, like everyone was. All I'm of his sure. caregivers were thinking, you know, this is this is a 20-minute <laughs> ride, which for most people wouldn't be something to endure. But for him, yeah. we had to be we had to make sure he was safe and comfortable. And so we we were talking. We started the conversation. He had shared that wish, and we started the conversation. So what could that look like? Um, and we started reaching out, and we found a uh, transportation company that had some availability in an evening and we were able to go to our our hospice organization had a, um, a foundation that we were able to request funds because again they went from a two-person income to one mm -hmm. and so things were really different for them and so they were gracious and they um, gave us a grant to help pay for the transportation and so all of the things that we needed to have in place to coordinate this this experience were, were coming were coming in line However, his health was continuing to be more and more of an issue. Um, and so I, I watched his wife just stand in presence of what she knew he wanted. And the, the most important about, thing about this whole experience was he as a father, in his role as a father, had something he wanted to impart to his son. He wanted to have this experience, and it wasn't necessarily even for himself, but it was what it was going to mean to his son to see him sitting in that row of seats, cheering for this team that his son was a part of supporting. Mm -hmm. um, so thankfully, we were able to make that come true for him. He was able to facilitate that wish. But I really think that we, um, we saw in that experience that it's not about everybody else and sometimes not even about the patient themselves. It's about what are they wanting to leave in part in their role with someone they love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. I love that story. Yeah, that is great. I, and I like it, the fact that it was actually a shared family experience where we, we shared a few stories last week where it was about an individual wanting to experience something. You shared experience about a person who wanted others to experience the food and the, and the right. festivities of having a great meal. They couldn't partake in. For them. Right. And of course, that we had uh, Don with the uh, – that was really for him 
but again, what about his family? It was an amazing experience and, and visuals that they will never forget. Yes, nice. Memories, mm-hmm. yeah, amazing. So great. Thank you, Heidi. All right. Well, I've got a, a, a story here I'd like to share with you in the, the last few minutes of the first segment, um, Robert. And uh, this is interesting because we, we do come across situations where there's some family dynamics um, and sometimes um, uh, there's estrangement that is uh, as a part of a, f- of a family situation. And here's a situation where um, Robert was estranged from his family uh, and his children. And in fact, what was really amazing is that his family didn't know he was on hospice. Mm. And uh, you, you think that, well, everyone would be a part of that decision or be a part of that, that event. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it wasn't. And so... Well, our team got in, and as we always do, we try to make sure we figure out how can we best guide the patient and the family in this last stage of life. And uh, and so I know you guys did a great job of preparing the family, encouraging them to have a dialogue or open a dialogue up with Robert. And um, we also re- recognize that um, there was very little limited funds available uh, for them, in fact, uh, uh, Robert didn't own a cell phone. And so it was very difficult for him to even get in contact with his family and his children. So, again, we were so fortunate to have access to a foundation that grants uh, last wishes. And they said, well, listen, we'll get a cell phone for Robert so that he can have the ability conveniently to make a call a call to his family. You guys did great preparation work for the family. They um, they uh, did uh, look for receiving a phone call from Robert, and he made those phone calls, um, had a chance to develop a, a rapport with them. Um, there was uh, some good dialogue that had that would not have had had you guys not helped facilitate that. And, uh, and again, having the foundation available for that last wish, um, something as simple as a cell phone but yet it made a big difference. And might I add to that, that the family actually did come and see him. His children did come oh, to where right. he was, yeah. the, the assisted living he was at, and there was dialogue and conversation. And um, we uh, actually set up um, a Celebration of Life Memorial Services um, at the facility that he was at, and I was able to go in and, and do a memorial service that he wouldn't have had otherwise. Probably had he not been on hospice, there would have been uh, no one there for him to do that. Yeah, yeah. So. It, it, we are so, again, we, we're, we're, that's why this job has so much meaning to us, yeah. is we get a chance to be a part of building some bridges sometimes yeah. and, uh, and helping not only the patient cross a bridge, but also helping families reconnect with bridges yeah it's a generational impact it really is yeah yeah i mean how thankful are those people that have a chance then say you know what we were able to get some resolution at end of life great thank you guys well you are listening to minnesota hospice radio show we will be right back to continue discussions on living wishes hospice stories of hope I'm still learning about life My woman brought children for me So I can sing them all my songs And I can tell them stories Most of my boys are with me Some are still out seeking glory Seasteads, the family-owned flooring business that's been serving the Twin Cities for 100 years, has plenty of carpet and sheet final stock to choose from and can help you with your wood and laminate needs too. Seasteads will come to your home, provide a free estimate, and professionally install their quality brand-name flooring products. For your next flooring project, call the trusted experience experts at Seasteads 651-224-5474, located across from the new Saints Stadium and online at seasteadscarpet.com. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. 
Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com, from classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. Enjoy all the flavors of Milton's, where they specialize in dishes like grilled jerk chicken, shrimp and grits, and much more, all made from scratch. Pick from Milton's large selection of beer and wine and finish it off with desserts like Bananas Foster. Milton's also serves breakfast every day starting at 7.30 a.m. The Seward Co-op Creamery Cafe is ready for the cold. Serving seasonal dishes using locally sourced ingredients, Minnesota craft beers, and organic wines. New items include the cauliflower po'boy, harvest chili, braised beef tostada, and the pork banh mi. Find Seward Co-op Creamery Cafe at 2601 East Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis and online at coopcreamery.coop. Hi, I'm Matt McNeil, and I want to encourage you to join me weekday afternoons at 3 p.m. for The Matt McNeil Show. It's a Twin Cities-based full hour of talk where we discuss what's going on in the state and in the nation from a Minnesota perspective. We'll be joined by a lot of great guests, and we'll take your phone calls. Interact with us on the Twitter page, at Matt McNeil Show, the Facebook page, Progressive Citizen X, The Matt McNeil Show, and on email. Comment at am950radio.com. The Matt McNeil Show, weekday afternoons at 3, right here on AM950. Hi, this is Mike Papantonio from Ring of Fire. Ring of Fire is a direct, smart, and i got to promise you, a fearless progressive talk show. Join me, Mike Papantonio, and my co-host Bobby Kennedy Jr. and Sam Cedar as we take on the large corporate conglomerates and that radical right-wing media that dominate America's airwaves. Ring of Fire, Saturdays from 3 to 6 and Sundays from 6 to 9 p.m. on AM 950. It is the progressive voice of Minnesota. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today will be sunny and cold with a high near negative 6. Windchill values as low as negative 31. Tonight, lows around negative 17. Sunday will be sunny and cold with a high near negative 4. Windchill down to negative 30. Which appliance store has more of everything you want? Over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners believe it's the specialists at Warner Stallion. We guarantee never to be beat on price. Ask one of our customers to rate our free delivery appliance installation and recycling services. Go to warnerstallion.com to learn more. Radio show. My name is Ken Hagland, and I am joined today by Reverend Debbie Meckley and medical social worker Heidi Simon. Let's continue our discussion on Living Wishes, Hospice Stories of Hope, where we have been just sharing some of the amazing stories that we get a chance to be a part of and witness on a daily basis in our practice. Um, I know, Debbie, you have a story of uh, Karen that you wanted to share with yeah, us. I do. Um, you know, Karen is a, um, a, a wonderful example of how you never know how a story is going to come up or how a wish is going to show its face. Uh, Karen was um, only 72 years old and came to us with um, severe illness, cancer. Um, and she had, you know, at 70, children in their late 30s and two grandchildren, one who was six years old, just lived a couple miles down the road, so saw very, very often. And... Um, one day when I was with Karen, she was having a pain crisis, and we were um, getting that under control with medication, but there are a lot of techniques, too, that we use to bring somebody and redirect them from their pain, from healing touch to conversation to meditation, and um, I was helping her lean into her pain so that she could get through to the other side of it. And so I was redirecting her, and I asked her, I said, Karen, you know, uh, today is not a good day, but tomorrow's going to be a better day. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be days that are better than others coming yeah. up. And what would you like to do on one of those days? And I was redirecting her thought process until, you know, things kind of kicked in. And she said to me, I want to go see the new football stadium. <laughs> and so I said, oh, I said, so you're a football fan. And she, it was so interesting because she was in severe pain and she started to talk to me about football. She did love football. But when I said, so you're a Vikings fan, yeah. she said, well, I am, but that's not why I want to go. Oh. And I said, well, tell me more about that. So here's this open door. <laughs> 
And she says, well, um, I love football, but um, I've been really discontented with all of this conversation and controversy about creating this new stadium. And now that it's actually happening, she said it it represents to me that people can actually come together on something. Oh, sure. And they can make something happen and, um, and put away and aside some differences. And so she said, I want to go see that stadium before I die. And it's not built yet, right? Because this right. is a couple of years ago. Yeah. And so, but they had this virtual tour there. And so we um, connected with the administration of the Vikings. Okay. And um, lo and behold, though, this happened to be taking place over uh, um, Memorial Day weekend. So you had a lot of the administrative people out on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So it kind of was getting pushed out. And there was an interesting piece to this because Karen was running out of time. Yeah. And, but we stayed present with each day we were going to make this happen down to the down to the point where transportation, um, there just there wasn't monies for that uh, left because of the other things that we were creating, and so we reached out to uh, a local transportation company, and they actually donated oh their gosh. time and services yeah. to get her quite a ways yeah. all the way to downtown. She was on the outskirts an hour from downtown. Oh, that's right. And so she went with her family, both of her kids, their husbands. Her granddaughter, who showed up with her every Sunday to watch the Vikings on TV. And so we went down there with her. We brought a nurse, myself, our social worker. And so we were there, and they took us on a virtual tour. It was so amazing. It wasn't. It was a hundred times more than I ever expected. <laughs> they had a hard hat for her, which oh, was kind of oh, a um, kind of a you know a joke because yeah. they were under construction. It said Vikings on it and her name on it. Oh, they, did, they, they had a vest for her. her. Oh. And although we weren't in a construction site, we were right. in this virtual right. tour, this beautiful place. Yeah. And they even they took pictures, and then there was this lull of time, and they came back um, about fifteen minutes later, and they had taken the picture of her with her family and her granddaughter, and they put it in a plaque. Wow! While you guys so were they there. had yeah they had somebody <laughs> doing this, and we didn't know what was going on. Sure. So. Um, I, I love the story because Karen, um, she wanted to feel the energy of that thing that she thought she was never going to see. Yeah. And it didn't matter that she didn't see a game in it. Right. Of course, they took her in one of the press boxes, which was all um, uh, a virtual game happening. Okay. You know, yeah, and the team right. coming by, high-fiving her in virtual 3D. <laughs> it was more than she could have ever have hoped for. It really, um, it, it shifted everything for her and her family. For that granddaughter. Oh, yeah. And um, she got home, and she passed within eight days of that that visit. Um, And also had an opportunity, which happens for me so often, and I love this, is that then I'm either asked to do services for the family, for the patient, or to be a part of them. And um, it's kind of completion for myself and for the team when we can go and and be a part of that. But that story is such a story of hope, Mm -hmm. because that little girl, her granddaughter, who was almost seven... Um, saw that dreams can come true. Yeah, she's a special needs child herself. Wow! Okay. And to see this dream come true for this person that was so close to her. Yeah. And she knew was dying. She was a part of it. She was there every day, at her bedside. Yeah. You know, drawing her pictures and being a part of the pain and part of the joy. Yeah. But I think when I as I reminisce about this story, um, I didn't just come out and say, "Well, what's on your bucket list?" Right. We were redirecting her through a pain crisis, and it was that moment, her thinking about that opportunity of that wish, if she could go do that, shifted her pain mm-hmm. and how powerful our thoughts are. And so um, uh, it's a story that allows us to think about the the possibility of leaning into our pain, yeah. whether it's emotional or physical, and what can come out of that. Yeah. Just briefly, what was the impact on the people at the at the Vikings organization was there. Oh. I'm always curious about. We never we 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 never really understand or know sometimes the impact that those have on the people around. Oh God, I'm so glad you asked that, Ken, because I almost forgot about that part. Oh, okay. <laughs> the gentleman who put this whole thing on from the administration. Yeah. He was walking me to my car, and he stopped and he looked at me, and I could see his lip quivering. And he said, I can't believe I met this woman today. He said, my mom was just diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, stage four, and she's 72. 
And he said, I I didn't think about the possibility for her. I think what he was thinking was how protective he was of her, how he couldn't believe this was happening, but how we stepped out on the limb. This woman was under 100 pounds. Right. That we took to yeah, it the stadium. Special transportation. She, yeah. Special transportation. She was on oxygen. Yeah. I mean, um, and that, that her family allowed themselves enough to release the fear to allow her to go. But this gentleman, that had an impact on him, and he sent us a letter mm. um, thanking us for the opportunity to look at his own life, his yeah. own circumstances, and how he might walk in and step into them differently. Right. Well, great story. Great story. All right. Um, Okay. Well, again, we just have a plethora of stories here we could jump into. Is there another one that you you feel that we could um, talk about here in the, the kind of the last segment of, of this this show? Yeah, you know, um, I'm I'm thinking about one that's really important, as they all are. But uh, this was a woman who came to us um, uh, at 49 years old. Um, with um, melanoma cancer and mm. yeah and it was really difficult I mean she had she had children in their 20s early 20s and her husband um, very difficult to have conversations about what the next steps were in her wishes and after her and I um, got close enough and she trusted me um, we talked about what was not done yet and she was very emotional she would cry a lot and um and that was her releasing but it was hard for her family i think they kind of didn't see it as releasing it just made them sad and so um there were things that she wanted to make sure that people got her her prized possessions things that that meant a lot to her mm-hmm. um her funeral her pallbearers the food the readings the poems um the the music all of those things she hadn't been able to tell people and she um, had mobility issues at this point with her muscles so she couldn't write them so we met every week every friday at two o'clock i went to her home and um we would talk about we take one subject we did baby steps Mm -hmm. one thing that she wanted to to accomplish and so i wrote down all the people that she had something to give to Mm -hmm. and then behind each one of their names was the thing that she wanted to give them okay and so that was how we opened up that part of our relationship. But um, each week, there was this gift that she realized she was giving ultimately to her family, mm-hmm. that she was going to lay this all out and give it to them so that they could continue to have the conversations um, uh, that they wanted to have that brought them more joy. Instead of trying to get this was their elephant mm-hmm. in the room. Yeah. This whole memorial planning was um, in the way. And so each week, um, we would talk about what the next week would bring, and she had action steps. She also had a caregiver, a personal caregiver that would come into the home and help for a few hours a day. So she would write some of those things down. She had, like, homework every week. And then I would come back on Friday, and we would talk about those things. And by the end of uh, that process, that journey, she felt whole. Mm -hmm. She knew she was giving her family a gift so that they did not have to wonder when all was said and done did i play the right music did i have the right potato salad <laughs> you know i mean there were things right. like food all that she details. was concerned about yeah, right. um, that she wanted to make sure were there that her favorite things that other people got to engage and embrace and enjoy and her family didn't have to wonder um afterwards did they give her the, the right flowers the right colors the the right people to carry mm-hmm. her casket that wow. was important to her and um, and because it was put on paper, then her son understood how important it was for him to be one of those pallbearers. Okay. So this person was dying when she was creating this, but there's an important piece to creating this before you get sick and to letting your family know what it is that you want while you still can. And, and uh, shows coming up, we'll be talking about that. But mm-hmm. this story um, um, allows... I think the, our listeners to see that there's so many facets and aspects to hospice caregiving and the service that we have mm-hmm. and that we offer um, is very intimate at times, mm-hmm. and um, it allows families to live inside of the disease process and take some of that off their plate mm-hmm. uh, if they can't do it. And so that's that was the importance of Brenda's story, and um, and I will never forget yeah. the honor it was 
to be able to do that. And that was a lesson to me because I've offered that time and time again now and been able to um, have the honor of helping somebody, um, other families, be able to create that gift for their family. Mm -hmm. Well, again, you guys come in and provide facilitation to just open up a door, just create that bridge. And you you took some things off of... uh, uh, for the family's plate a little bit there mm-hmm. so they could still be the family well you came in and kind of helped with coordinating some of those those last wishes and those details which are very important yeah yeah no that's fantastic well we're at the end of our third segment here you are listening to the minnesota hospice radio show we will be right back to continue our discussions on living wishes hospice stories of hope once I was seven years old, my mama told me, go make yourself some friends or you'll be lonely. Once I was seven years old. Seasteads, the family-owned flooring business that's been serving the Twin Cities for 100 years, has plenty of carpet and sheet final stock to choose from and can help you with your wood and laminate needs too. Seasteads will come to your home, provide a free estimate, and professionally install their quality brand-name flooring products. For your next flooring project, call the trusted, experienced experts at Seasteads, 651-224-5474, located across from the new Saints Stadium and online at SeasteadsCarpet.com. Hi, Matt McNeil here. Toyotathon is on. Head over to Rudy Luther Toyota as they celebrate their 40th year and check out the great deals. They're offering rebates on the all-new redesigned 2018 Camry. Check out the rebates on the RAV4. And did you know that both the Camry and the RAV4 have a hybrid version? Very impressive. Rudy Luther Toyota is the largest Toyota certified pre-owned dealer in the state. For all the Toyotathon specials, head to RudyLutherToyota.com or stop in today for Toyotathon at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. It's a good day to be indigenous. Native Earths Radio presents I'm Awake. Our weekly Native American talk radio show will discuss national and local Native American news and events. Local and national guests will help us keep current with Mother Earth, tribal, and Twin City issues. Native American issues are human issues. We invite all people to walk hand-in-hand with our struggles, victories, and achievements. Listen Saturdays at 2 p.m. I am awake. Join us at also Inga Bretson's Coffee Bar and Gava Boutique, which is Norwegian for gift shop, at Norway House on East Franklin Avenue, where we can help you find the perfect Nordic-style gift. After shopping, enjoy a waffle dog, a favorite snack in Norway, which translates well here. A hot dog dressed with Jarlsberg cheese and topped with lingonberry jam, wrapped in a warm waffle. Also Ingebretsen's Coffee Bar and Gava Boutique is located within the Norway House at 913 East Franklin Avenue and online at ingebretsens.com. Hi, Richard for Auto Technical. Since 93, I've picked up the donated vehicles, and the question I'm asked most often is, how do you pay the bills if you give away cars? Well, we have a fundraiser on Friday and Saturday. Vehicles priced from $1,500 to $4,000. Reconditioned and ready to test drive. Help support our mission. You will be impressed by the quality vehicles. A good bet is Auto Tech. AutoTech.org. One Voice Mixed Chorus, Minnesota's LGBTA Chorus, returns to the Ordway Concert Hall for Sanctuary, an unforgettable evening of choral music celebrating the music of immigrants who make Minnesota home, including Scandinavian, German, Irish, Mexican, Hmong, and Somali. One Voice will also perform You Will Be Found for Broadway's Dear Evan Hansen and I Come From Good People. That's at the Ordway Concert Hall Friday, January 19th and Sunday, January 21st. Call 651-224-4222 or check out onevoicemn.org for tickets today. Welcome back. You are listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. My name is Ken Hagland, and I am joined today by Reverend Debbie Meckley and medical social worker Heidi Simon. Let's continue our discussion on living wishes, hospice stories of hope. And Deb, yeah. why don't I continue to have you uh, talk about some of the stories that you have um, encountered here in your practice. Yeah, um, you know, we're talking about conversations, yes. opening them up, and I hope that um, throughout these past couple of shows we've been able to give um, some folks opportunity to be able to approach that differently. Um, that's my wish 
for them. Um, we're talking about bucket lists and what that means. Um, oftentimes we have this misconception of what a bucket list mm-hmm. is that it doesn't have to be so big. And um, opening up conversations is the only way we're going to know what the wishes are of that person, that loved one who is in their dying process or end of life. And um, we find that the bucket list can change when you're dying. It may be something very simple. Simple as a conversation that needs to take place with somebody. Um, Looking into someone's eyes. Quiet moments and conversations without any words at all. Um, I find personally that I have many of those moments with our patients. I know, um, Heidi, that you do too. Just being present um, can offer support for someone. Absolutely. I um, I think of Bob who, when I went to go visit him, you know, when you I walked into the room and I could just tell that he really wasn't in the mood for conversation, maybe even a visit. And so I, you know, just said hello to him and asked him how he was. And, and my feelings were right. He really was not, you know, he said, I just don't feel like having company today. And I said, you know, we don't have to we don't have to talk at all. I don't have to do a visit today. But is there something else I could do for you? I, you know, I noticed that his water was empty. Um, so I said, you know, I could just go grab you a snack and some water. And, well, you know, yeah, you could grab me some water. That's fine. So I left, filled up his glass and came back and set it on the table. And I said a couple things to him. And as I was, you know, telling him, I'll be back sometime. I can just check in with, in with you again. He said, um, and I said, you know, I'd, sometime I'd like to come back because he had just pictures everywhere on his wall of, of little ones. Um, and I could tell they were grandchildren. And I said, so I'd love to hear the stories about all these little guys. And he said, oh, yeah, um, you know, I got a lot of grandkids. And I said, yeah, I said, that's quite a legacy you have there. And that comment led to him saying, telling me that, um, that he had a little great-grandbaby coming. So this is March, and this grandbaby was due to come in July. And he was sitting there in the moment realizing that he was never going to know that grandbaby and i could see it in his eyes the way that that was impacting him and so um as we were talking he just felt so hopeless about it because he was so involved with all of his other grandkids and i said you know but i feel like there is a way that you could have a connection with that grandbaby and we talked about recording a message and so i called his daughter that afternoon and she went over um to see him that evening and they recorded a video message that that you know, that would be played for that grandbaby when it came or, you know, throughout the years um, because he knew that he wasn't going to be there. Mm-hmm. And to see um, that weight lifted off of him was, was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing for her, too. Mm-hmm. I remember her talking about that. So that's why, you know, we, we find how um, important it is to honor choices through conversations and allow things to unfold for um, patients and families. It's okay to think about dying, Um, and the time that leads up to it because, you know, consciously we choose to avoid it. And that um, that doesn't always work. We find that people can become very unsettled, even chaotic during um, terminal illnesses. So when our wishes are not in order or understood, our family can be left with a lot of what-ifs, should-haves, a lot of unanswered questions and regrets that they take with them as the living, as they continue to go on. So we like to help change that situation um, through setting it up and holding a space and opening up conversations because we see this every day. Um, It's just yet another educational piece. Um, Heidi and I are certified facilitators in honoring choices, and that's um, advanced care planning. It's a process which... um, uh, it helps you think about, talk about, write down your choices for future care and for future care decisions. Um, I asked our listeners a couple of weeks ago, if you knew that you had six months or less to live, who would you want at your side? What conversations, um, what possibly on your bucket list would you want to, would you desire to accomplish? Um, while it's not an easy topic to consider, um, it is important for every adult to have a health care directive a written plan for loved ones and health care providers to follow in case you can't uh, express yourself, know who you are or the people around you, to have that put in place so that your wishes are known um, if the time comes when you can't speak for yourself. So it's important to create an advanced care um, 
planning piece um, well before you become ill or incapacitated for whatever reason. We encourage at age 18 to make your wishes known and to update that anytime you have a major life change uh, or a milestone that you encounter in your life. Uh, I talked about, too, in our first show about convenience that are a series of public presentations throughout the state of Minnesota. Uh, They're based on the book We Know How This Ends by Bruce Kramer and Kathy Werzer. Kathy's one of Minnesota's uh, most recognized broadcast journalists uh, with a career that spans both in commercial and public radio and television, and she is a featured speaker at these convenings. Uh, We Know How This Ends, Living While Dying, relates to the physical, emotional, and spiritual encounters that Bruce Kramer has as a person living with Lou Gehrig's disease, or ALS. It's a very powerful opening to thinking about who you are now and um, how you wish things to look like for you um, as time goes on. So uh, it's an incredible gift that we give to our family. It's priceless. Uh, You can go to honoringchoices.org. There's a lot of resources, topics, videos, and forms that you can look at. They're very user-friendly forms um, that you can take a look at and share with your family and um, start to think about what your wishes are and what what you uh, would want them to say. Uh, so as we continue to be a resource on topics of, of dying and death, Heidi and myself will be facilitating a five-part series called Lifting the Veil, a series of conversations revealing the spiritual truth about dying and death. So for more information on that and regarding the details, you can go to Unity of the Valley. MN.org. That's unityofthevalleymn.org and uh, see when the dates for those are. Um, we are very excited about um, about this series. It answers a lot of questions um, and remembering that dying is living That's right. and that um, uh, there comes a time that we have to start having these conversations and it's okay. Yeah, and you guys are experts at opening up those conversations that can be very difficult uh, for families. Um, boy, we have so many more stories that we, we, could, we could have gotten to here. And unfortunately, our time is running out for this show. But um, we'll be back for more stories in the future. Uh, that concludes our show for today. I would like to thank my colleagues, Reverend Debbie Meckley, Chaplain and Spiritual Care Advisor, and Medical Social Worker Heidi Simon, Licensed Generalist Social Worker. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Please feel free to contact us with any questions or comments regarding today's show, or let us know of topics you would like us to discuss on future shows. You can reach us at 612-930-3339, email us at radio at mnhospice.com, or visit us online at minnesotahospice.com. Next week, we will begin a new series titled, When is it Time for Hospice? Thank you for listening. Let me, let me, let me.